0: Right, welcome back. Another episode of the Better by Voice podcast. I'm Alex Murray and joined like always by my co-host and colleague Russ Whitman. Russ, it's great to uh, have you back again.
1: Hey Alex, how are you doing?
0: Doing great. It's another another good, good week here in, in sunny Seattle, at least for the two of us uh, at the moment. And sunny Seattle mm-hmm. is not something we say often. Um, no, so I'm super true. excited about, about today's discussion. Uh, you and I had talked a little bit beforehand and, and a place that's Maybe not usually exciting, um, but talking about banking and finance specifically, right? And some of the some of the ways that conversational AI can start to change that conversation. I uh, I'm on the upper end of of being a millennial, uh, and I think there's a lot of opportunity for for you know the banking and finance industry to sort of start to change some of their models and cater to a different group. And most of the people that listen to us, frankly, are are in kind of that voice curious space, I would say, is kind of the demographic that that we speak to or the or the type of people that that are listeners of our podcast. So I'm really excited to get into our discussion today and, and have a little bit deeper chat around around banking and finance and where we see it headed.
1: Well it's a great topic and, and you talk about age groups and mindsets and in, in the in what the reality is, what's great about you know this topic is is that everybody engages in banking, right? Like you can't you you can't avoid it pretty much, um, and so whether or not it's when you're you know uh, young, you you're you're getting a savings account that mom and dad help you set, try to figure out what it is, or you become uh, you know a, a young adult, and you start actually you know. Leveraging and you have a piece of plastic and or you know nowadays, maybe it's mobile banking you're starting to get into um, But you know all the way up, I, I, you know, one of the things that you know uh, You know issue my mom uh, watching my mom trans, you know think about banking and the just the the, the fact that she's in this, you know different mindset and, and life stage and all the way through, so it covers such a, a, a broad, uh, ba- uh, 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 you know, set of uh, people that are all in different areas, but we all still engage in banking. And so, while trying to keep the conversation still around, you know, our area of focus, what may, what's better, how can, how is banking better by voice, or how is, you know, how do technologies like AI and conversational AI? help the experience what we have to first start with is recognize that banking's been underneath the transformation over the last you know several years you know the fintech space has gotten super hot there's been lots of new apps and new internet only banks and mobile only banks and there's been a transformation from you know banks almost sort of seem like real estate you know owners they had you know buildings or you know space everywhere and their footprint of ATMs. Remember, that was a big thing. We have so many thousand ATMs that you can use. Right, 18,000 ATMs. Yep. So, exactly, right? And so, and that's, and, and why? Because that created, for me, I think that's was about access. For, for, I trust to give the bank my money, and then when I need it, I can access it wherever, whenever I need, except for that technically wasn't All seven days of the week, except for then cash machines became 24 hour day cash machines. So access was a really big thing. Technology has changed what access means. In fact, we think access, we see access differently. We no longer think that we need to wait during certain hours of the day to accomplish something because we have these amazing devices in our hands or these devices we talk to in our homes. Um, or computers and laptops, et cetera, where we can actually engage and do things. So access, the meaning of access for the consumer is found, uh, fundamentally changed. And banks are trying to figure out how to play in this, this, in this game. So I know you've been doing some research. What, what, what's the, what is the current you know, mindset of the banking industry around digital transformation? What, where are they at? What's the life stage? What's going on?
0: Yeah, you know, it's, it's really interesting. I think that if we look at some of the, the articles or the research that's been done and been written about the banking and finance industry in the, over the last maybe six to eight months, there's a huge portion of that industry that is looking specifically at what does digital transformation mean for us, right? And, and, and not only just digital transformation from, hey, I need, I need better access to my services or better uptime or whatever kind of the baseline level of technology is. But things like 98% of organizations are saying that customer experience for them needs to be high or very high, right? Or, or currently their expectation is that it is high or very high. So how is technology enabling that? And you mentioned something talking back about kind of the history of banks that we think about these, they call them banking and financial institutions because they're, they're institutions, right? They're, they're old and oftentimes there's legacy systems or processes or technology underneath that are supporting those institutions. And I think that there's just a ton of opportunity in this sort of digital transformation, quote unquote, space to think outside the box about how we serve customer experience, right? How we start to do those things that don't rely on ultimately affecting the underlying technology that sits for these institutions, right? These legacy systems. There's a real opportunity in the AI space that says, hey, you've already, listen, you've, you've got the data, you understand at least who your customers are, the types of products they're using, uh, maybe their propensity to buy something new or how much they save or whatever the, the data is that you might need is already there, right? Let's, let's not touch those systems because they are legacy systems and that's a much bigger conversation. But there's now the ability to have a conversation about, hey, what might uh, a voice experience or a chat experience do for your service based on the, the data that you already have? Right, so I, I talked about the 98%, but only 31% of them say that they're highly successful on delivering on those, on those initiatives, mm-hmm. right? Everybody wants to be there. 98% of them are like, yeah, we need to high, very high, whatever, we, we gotta go there. But only 31% are doing it. And I think it's, it's a big piece of that dichotomy between like these legacy systems, what are we going to do and how do we deliver on customer experience? And the customer experience conversation, I think, is, is changing dramatically right in front of us, especially because of where we are in terms of, you know, coronavirus because quarantine is, is hit and we're all using different products and we're using them differently.
1: Well, there's, uh, there's two things that, that you just uh, made me want to talk about. One is, let's just look at what we, we saw this week in terms of the numbers from Target. Now we know that e-commerce and the the, the, the um, what's changed in our in our consumer buying habits and our in how we do things has changed to a lot more online ordering and a lot of stuff. And so Target uh, is obviously a, a, a beneficiary of that. But they really knocked it out of the park. And what they've done that's interesting is is they can't compete with Amazon from a volume of products and SKUs and The frictionless aspect that Amazon has created and really, you know, known for and and changed the game with. And they can't compete with Walmart on store footprint or space and even price, right? Nobody thinks Target's cheaper than going to Walmart. And yet what they've done is they've actually made their customers believe in a, in a in a in a better experience. In fact, my wife kind of she loves to go shop at Target. She won't step foot in a Walmart. And, and I, for me, I'm like, they don't seem that different, but to her, it's really important. They've built a really strong customer experience in a and sort of a fandom to that. And what what I was reading about this week was how they've transitioned that and they've made that still true in a different set of uh, uh, circumstances because of COVID. You know, the, the, they, they still bring forward that same experience. They try to, they really have pushed that envelope. Instead of saying, oh, we're gonna bolt on, you know, uh, delivery to your, uh, 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 to a parking spot into your trunk. They still make that a, an enjoyable experience. They've actually, they, they have more people working in that per, revenue dollar than what their competitors do is one of the one of the uh, uh, assessments i saw and that's because they really want high touch and so it's so why does that matter to this banking conversation i don't think i think that you know we've we've commoditized banking right there's a lot of commoditization in the banking space you know that access has been solved right it's no longer how many atms do you have and are you 24 7 and you do this you do that you have you have online banking do you have, you know, all everybody's got these tools, but few are building that sort of relationship. And what, that's why I think they're, to your data point, they all want it. They all recognize how important it is because how, what else can you differentiate with? The difference between a, a, a CD at this percent versus a minute fractional difference at this percent or This checking account costs you is free, but this one costs you $5 a month. The the, the deltas are so small, the variants are so small. And and I think something you said earlier that I'd love you to talk about from your perspective. When I grew up, like my, my parents had the same bank the whole time. I I kind of fluctuated, I've had a few. But um, but you were talking about you know the the how uh, this this younger generation millennials et cetera, sort of the, their switch to the switching cops for them is relatively low talk about that for a second from a from your perspective yeah
0: well look I mean I think I think for you know a big piece of the population that is kind of in that maybe generation below you right in the, in that millennial or even the Gen Z generation as they're growing up has grown up with a different view of kind of air quotes banking, right? Like, oh, if I need to like move money from one person to another, I'll just use Venmo or I'll square some money right. or you don't have Venmo, I'll download square, right? It, these, these conversations are so much quicker and then it comes back to how easy is it to use your service? How are you supporting me as I'm going? And can I have those kind of quick hit interactions with you, right, which is where you see adoption like bank of america i think they have a great you know erica product inside of their their app for those purposes like you're looking at those demographics of people that are going hey i want to be able to have a quick sort of text conversation as i'm sitting you know on my couch watching a tv show uh that i can so i can move money somewhere like i don't want to have to go back to my laptop do the thing go to you know go to my website whatever or even into the app and then try and figure out in the app how to poke around and do it. I just want to be able to text somebody and move money, right? Venmo, hmm. like if you think about moving money with Venmo from me to you, it's like tap your name, I tap the amount and I send it. it that's how easy these, these products have become, which have lowered the switching costs and have made it almost nominal to come between them. So I think the way that you move from that and actually build a relationship goes back to some things that uh, we talked with Jody Watson actually about with in our last podcast around being authentic, right? And building trust with your customer. And I think that both voice uh, and chat in this scenario, so I, I would kind of group them all underneath the conversational AI umbrella, allow you to do that as a bank, right? Allow you to abstract away some of the sort of institution feel and get to, Hey, how can I be a helpful sidekick to you? Right? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily an assistant in this sense, but how do I help you do that easier and get back to the things and we've talked about this multiple times, get back to things that you want to be doing. Banking is certainly not something that I want to be doing inside of my day-to-day life. Right. But the right relationship and being authentic about how you can help I don't need my bank to also order me pizza. I don't need my bank to also like, you know, there's, there's all kinds of like sort of gimmicks that you see around some of these. I just want them to be really helpful and be really transparent about what they're doing in that sense. And maybe that goes further now through the through relationships that we can create because we're getting closer to our customer because we know who they are, right? So there's, there's this opportunity to say, hey, you know, I'll talk to my voice assistant and say, Alexa, I need to transfer you know, so, and so there's much money and maybe they come back on a daily basis or, Hey, how's my bank look today? And they go, Oh, there's, there's actually a, you know, a, a better rate. It looks like you have a good amount of money in your savings account. There's a way to, you know, potentially make more money if you're willing to leave it in this other account for a six month frame. Do you want to, you know, do you want to know about that? Or do you want me to do that for you? Yeah. I'd like to do that. Move, you know, $5,000 to that account. And it moves it over to, you know, to that account and it goes, yep, perfect. I sent it, you know, link to your phone or you'll get an email with the confirmation proceed. That now is a helpful sidekick, right? How do I manage my money better? And how do I build an authentic relationship with my bank? That's not with the person that I have to call or I go back into my bank and I have to go wait in line and talk to somebody and do that, that whole dance, right? There's, there's a way to abstract that away and bring you closer to the customer.
1: Well, I think, you know, you also, when you think about banking, you, some of the stuff you're talking about, while there are some simple things, what's great about banking from a, a plain, you know, conversational experience, To it's also complex. There's a lot of things that you may have questions about. You may not know what a CD is or what a bond <laughs> is, or you may not know, you know, uh, you know, how, you know, there's, there's all these mortgage calculators and these other loan calculators, but actually understanding some of those things, some of those, so those aspects and what, not just the, the definition uh, in, in Webster's, but what's the, what does it mean to you and how you can, can leverage that? And, and through questions and conversations, you can get there. Like, let's be honest, if you call a bank today or you go and see a teller, the idea is to minimize the length of that tr- conversation truthfully, because it's, it's all tied up in man hours, but be able to, but we have access to more information than ever before, but just reading general information that isn't explicit about you and your current situation or your history, like just the ability for it to say, to say like, look, if I had spent tw- 20% less on eating out over the last year, you know, in uh, it, you know what? What could I have done with that money as a as a precursor? So these are the types of things that actually you could have data that could could support that. And 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 then you know my I have a I, I have a dream around this. I, I think we've talked about this a few times, but you know I think one of the biggest problems today is that the AI tends to live inside those institutions and businesses and tech companies. I see a day where there's where you're going to have your own AI assistant, and instead of asking the bank for its AI assistant to, to respond to you, your assistant's going to be constantly looking for things for you, and where instead, you, so your your assistant's going to be always going like, hey, um, there's a better credit card for you that I found out there you know, rarely is your bank going to say, by the way, I can save you money with this other credit card. You want me to let you save some money? Because I kind of like that money. I get that money. But how do you you start building a more competitive environment through some of those things? But even now today, before we have sort of that power of the AI in our hands fully to use and wield as we want to, these systems can be designed to give us you know uh to help move those ai transformations forward you talked about from those banks and reach that level of customer service that might reduce my willing need to 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 do a switch i agree with you on the switching thing like when my kids were saying you know showing me venmo a while back and then when i'm on a golf course and uh i can venmo my buddy uh uh the fees that he paid for when he came in and because i was late for it and and you know, a bunch of middle-aged guys are using Venmo. Like, not only is it easy, easy to add on to, we can have mul- so many different versions of it. Companies, these banks need to start thinking about how do I make, bring you into my world regularly because people are not going to keep going into those branches. There's, that's not a great experience. It's quiet. It's dead. You really don't feel like, is that, is that teller? That's, we talked about this in, a, in other circumstances. In banking, the quality of the information is so critical, and it's got to be so hard, nearly impossible, as fast as things move and change and regulations and all that other stuff, just to get it up into a website, into this data repository is one thing, but then to disseminate it and expect every person at one of those branches that are on your phone, on the phone call, to have the information, at least with conversational AI, or maybe even in the branch, maybe this is what they start doing, and instead, they're... They're, you know, maybe they have something that's listening to you, have that question, and on their screen is going, hey, here's the 20 things that you should be talking to them about, because, you know, we can process that information. That's the kind of ch- change that needs to happen versus let me put you on hold and go, you know, type a search query in and try to read you off what I'm seeing on the screen. We've got to be able to leverage this data and all this information to be much more useful for the user, I think. I couldn't right, agree I more. Yeah,
0: box. no, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that right at the end, you talked about something that I've been thinking a lot about in, in a little bit different ways. So you talked about, maybe there's a version of this that is, you know, Hey, we have our, you know, Bob the voice assistant that's going to sit on my desk and kind of listen to the conversation and help us out as we go through this so we can make this, you know, conversation as fluid as possible. So you're, you're transparent about how that, you know, that sort of interaction happens if you do go into a bank or a uh, or sit down you know, and talk to somebody about your banking relationship. I think that there's another opportunity also. You know, Inside of Versa, we talk a lot about creating the space for flow time, right? We're a digital agency. Uh, sure, part of it is being in, in meetings and talking to customers and doing that, but there's another part of our business that is, hey, we now need to go do the work, right? Do the creative, do the, be a technologist, go write the code to do the thing. And in the banking space, it's no different, right? If I think about someone like a relationship manager that might have, I don't know, 10 to 100, like I, I don't know how many relationships they have, maybe it's more than that, right? But they, they need to service those customers and they're also worried about building back that authenticity and trust to keep those customers, right? Because the switching cost is lower. So how, do, how does voice specifically in this case better serve them to do their job and keep them in that flow state so that they're responsible for the relationship. Not, you know, Hey, I need the data about Rust. Oh, I think I go into this system. Or maybe it's that application. Oh no, I'm new here. It's not that application. It's this application, right? There's, there's all this sort of like, I need to find the, the, the info. I need to know loan rates. I need to know, you know, whatever I need to know about, you know, the Rust corporation, that could be better serviced i think specifically through through voice right to be able to say hey, it's, hey you know alexa or whatever your custom assistant give me the the lowest rate you can for this customer based on their history and also we need to set up a new account for them that that func- that you know functions in these ways great got it you can go back to doing what you're doing right so there's there's a we think a lot about in terms of customer facing but there's a massive opportunity i think in terms of how you keep people functioning in their job role and how they are able or more empowered to do their job well by staying in flow and not working through the things that are just sort of the minutia of the job.
1: Great point. A different thing that, that, that I, I thought you, that you just made me get jump into in my head was how many people have a 401k plan? Not everybody, but like they're become quite common. In, 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 in the industry, especially in the technology space. 401ks are, are you know, kind of a standard offering now. And, but they're offered by a human resources department that, you know, it, and they're very clear to tell you we're not providing any, any advice. But as an individual, for you to actually understand what's going on other than looking at the, the statement every month and did it go up or down, and what the possibilities and what the options are and actually ask questions. And so I think that, you know, while that's, it's a form of, you know, finance and, you know, uh, securities and some of those other things, that's another area. That I, so just thinking about like flow time, my ability, what tends to happen is nobody ever knows. They just don't really pay attention to it. Nobody's actually digging in and asking those questions because they don't even know where those answers are. And can you imagine if a, if, a, if, a, if a financial institution that offered 401ks to employers actually had a conversational AI that would help them make the right decisions for them and understand stuff, that employee, the the, the satisfaction of the employee about that service would go through the roof and um, probably get them to, uh, it would actually build you know, their, 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 their belief system in that financial institution that's managing it, they might want to actually go, you know, be a customer and other things, but also for that employer, they feel like, wow, I've never had this type of experience before as an employee. And now I I think even, you know, higher about my, uh, about my employer. Anyways, that's a, that's a side one that, that, that you triggered the idea. No, no, no. I think that that's a good place to leave
0: it almost right in terms of like, when I think about that there's a big opportunity in voice and it's, it's talked about quite often that, that there's a, there's the ability to be vulnerable, right? Over, over messaging or a voice conversation. If you're in your home or I'm in my office to that actually empowers you, especially as a, as a financial customer, right? Or a banking customer. I don't want to go talk to the relationship manager or my, you know, banking advisor or my financial advisor in the, in the 401k scenario and ask him the dumb question, right? Like I, I should be because my money, But how often do you not go into that conversation and ask questions you want to ask because you don't want to sound dumb or you want to sound like you know what you're doing? But there's a huge opportunity. Ask your your Alexa or your Google Home and hey, tell me more about my plan. Not, Not plans, generally. My plan. How do I get there? So that I can come in as an informed customer to that conversation with my financial advisor and say, hey, it looks like, based on what I understand, my account is performing this way. It has these characteristics. It needs to do this thing. Here's my vision. And now all of a sudden you've been empowered as a consumer as in the in the financial sector to have conversations that you didn't before have, and you have a deeper understanding of how your finances can work to have conversations that you didn't have prior.
1: Yeah, and it goes back to that thing we've talked about a bunch. It allows it allows that that business or the institution in this case, meet the consumer where they are, voice. And conversation have that rare ability versus I come to the same website front end and I figure navigation or I call and I hear the call tree or maybe I get a hold of somebody but I have no idea like again that that confidence level for I I, you know just to, to get the right question out sometimes so the ability to you know some not every not every user is is at the same starting point. So voice and conversational experiences and AI give us the ability to to meet consumers where they are and to help them on their journey rather than just be, you know, uh, uh, asking uh, Alexa for, you know, what's the time or what's the weather going to be? So I think it's great. Good conversation man appreciate your time and, and thoughtfulness about this subject i think it's really interesting
0: yeah thanks for thanks for uh working through this with me this has been this has been enjoyable for me and i think that one of the things that we don't say enough uh rest you or the people that do listen to this podcast is just thank you thank you for listening uh thank you for kind of being a part of it with us uh as our uh world here you know continues to grow uh we're really enjoying it love love the feedback that we're getting on the podcast and uh, if you've got any ideas or or suggestions for areas that we haven't been yet, Uh, by all means, we we usually put our contact info in uh, in the show notes for this. And I'll link to some of the articles that we talk about as well. So people have that information. And we'll do it again next week.